Welcome to the Heights Sermon Series Podcast, where each week you'll hear a new message that'll help you with your life shaped by the Word. Buenos dias, Iglesia. Good morning, church. Welcome. Uh, We are so glad you chose to spend your morning with us, whether you're here in person or watching online. Uh, Thank you for being here. I'm confident God will speak into our lives. Uh, My name is Joel Egilus. I'm the Hispanic ministry pastor uh, here at the Heights. Uh, You may recognize me from the little clips we play in Spanish before the service. I love it when people approach me in the hallways and they repeat some of the Spanish lines they've memorized. You can't beat that. That's a good deal. You get a free Spanish class um, every Sunday. Hey, but speaking of the Hispanic ministry, I do want to share a little bit of an update with you. Starting next Sunday, so in 2024... Instead of offering translation during the second service, we're actually starting a service in Spanish during the second hour in Modular 3. Um, Yeah, praise God. We're also moving our life group from 9.15 to Wednesday nights. Uh, So we do have invitation cards. If you have any friends, uh, they look like business cards. If you have any friends, co-workers, your server at the restaurant... Um, if you have anybody that you would like to invite, the invitations are in Spanish. Uh, help us spread the word to our Spanish-speaking community. Uh, we believe God is doing an amazing work at the heights, and we want the whole community to benefit from it. Amen? Amen? Hey, it's hard to believe that today is the last day of 2023, right? 2024 is going to be an interesting one. It's an election year. We won't get into that. Um, <laughs> As some of you may know, um, I was born in Lima, Peru. Uh, That's in South America. And I lived there until I was 12. Uh, We have a very interesting way of celebrating the New Year. Uh, One of the most popular traditions is the burning of the New Year dummy. And so what you do in our family's case, uh, you get with the whole neighborhood. uh, You collect items of clothing from the men in the community. And you stuff them. And so you build this uh, bigger-than-scale human figure. Uh, with an old man's face representing the old year that's passing away. And what people do is they'll attach little items uh, to the clothes, to the dummy, that represent things they want to kind of forget about for that year. And if you're a kid like I was, you stuff as many pockets with as many fireworks as possible. (laughs) Safety wasn't a concern, so please don't try this at home. Some of these things are okay in America, not so much here. Um, But then the whole neighborhood gets together close to midnight, and we just set it on fire and and watch it burn. Um, And and the dummy is supposed to represent all the things that people want to leave behind, that they want to forget to have a fresh start in the new year. It sounds fun, right? Um, (laughs) And I think it's understandable more often than not. uh, As we look back at the year that's coming to an end, there's a lot of things that we want to forget. I mean, 2023 has been a rough year in in the world, right? When we look back, we've had natural disasters. We had uh, the seas. We have the war in Ukraine. We have the war in Israel. There's wars and rumors of wars all around us. And um, it it just, on a global scale, it just seems like 2023 was, was difficult and heavy. And then when you look at our country... Right? It just feels so divided. Uh, politically, morally, it almost seems like we've gone to, to a point of uh, 
of no solution. And, uh, and, and it just, even for our country, 2023 feels difficult and heavy. And there's also, of course, our personal lives where there might have been sickness, um, loss, and, um, and conflict. And so for a lot of us, on a personal level, 2023 may feel just difficult and, and heavy. And then there's our spiritual life. Like, how are we doing spiritually? I hear a lot of people say that it's getting harder and harder to be a believer. It's getting harder and harder to be a Christian in today's society. As you follow Jesus, do you feel like it's difficult and heavy? I'm confident the Holy Spirit will move among us and encourage us with arguably one of the sweetest promises from the Lord Jesus. Uh, so our passage for today is Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. So please turn there with me if you have your Bible. I've titled today's message, Easy and Light. So Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. Once you find it, I recommend um, staying there for the rest of the service because we will interact with this passage throughout the sermon. I will be reading from the ESV, from the English Standard Version. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Uh, we know that you're a sovereign God. And uh, there's no mistake that we're here, Lord. Um, we believe you want to speak to us. So, Father, allow your word to teach us, to correct us, to instruct us, to accomplish its purpose. Father, don't let me get in the way of the word that you have for your body, the church, this morning. Speak to us, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. We are officially done with Christmas 2023, uh, which means that most of us have seen Home Alone at least five times this month. <laughs> I'm not sure that's just me. But um, a couple of weeks back, we were at a hotel room and we were watching Home Alone 2. That's the one in New York City. And the kid, Kevin, uh, he's talking to the pigeon lady. That's the lady he meets in Central Park. And he's telling her how he feels like he's not a good kid. And the lady replies by saying, did you know a good deed erases a bad deed? That's an interesting line. Did you know that a good deed erases a bad deed? That's a wisdom from the pigeon lady. So, and it sounds, it sounds okay on a, on a human level, right? It sounds that, that there could be some wisdom there perhaps. I don't know if you believe that. I hope you don't. Um, but... Think about it for a second. Let, let's, let's assume what she said is true, okay? And that every good deed can erase a bad deed. Imagine living like that, okay? For every lie, for every bad thought, for every sin of omission, that's when you're supposed to do something and you don't. For every sin, you will need to go and look for a good deed to, to erase that bad deed. That, that would be an exhausting way of, live, of living. And... And the truth is that most religious systems are built around similar ideas. 
right? Most of us grew up with some form of, of similar belief. As I've talked to people, it seems like the consensus that people have is that God has some type of divine scale. And he, keep, he keeps track of all the good that we do and all the bad that we do. And when we come to the end of our life, wherever, whenever that is, then if the good is greater than the bad, then we're in the safe. The problem with those systems, right, is that it severely overstates our goodness. And it completely underplays our sin. It completely underplays the evil in our hearts. And on top of that, the Bible stands completely against the statement from the pigeon lady. And it says in Romans 3.20, For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. So that means that even if you want to live by that, and you make it a point in your life to live as strictly as possible by the perfect law of God, at the end of your life, you will not be declared just in the sight of God. Why is that? Because the price for sin is not a good deed. The price for sin is death. And so our passage from Matthew 11 speaks right into this mentality, right? Jesus is speaking to a group of people that are exhausted of seeking righteousness through obedience of the law. Questions, do you know how many commandments are in the Old Testament? I mean, we all heard of the Ten Commandments, but there's more, right? There's about 613 commandments. So people like the Pharisees, they live trying to follow the 613 commandments. And it seems impossible, and it's never enough, and they are tired And by the way, on top of the 613 commandments, you have to add all the countless human-made additions and traditions. And then dealing with the hypocrisy of the ruling religious class. That's why in Matthew 23, 4, when Jesus declares the seven woes against the scribes and the Pharisees, he says, They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders. By they themselves are now willing to move them with their finger. Interesting that the religious leaders are putting heavy yokes on the people. Now in farming, yokes are wooden beams that you put on a pair of animals or an individual animal. And what it does is it enables them to pull a load. It enables them to, to pull um, weight. And in the, in the case of the Pharisees, this will be the yoke of self-righteousness. This will be the yoke of legalistic law-keeping. And, and it feels so discouraging and it is exhausting to, leave, to, to live running in a treadmill of good works, to be in good standing with God. And, and some of us may be feeling that way today. Like we are trying really hard to please God. And we try this by doing things, right? Like we come to church and, and we pray and, and we read and we do all those things trying to earn God's favor and love. But, but the truth is that it never seems enough. And tonight we're about to beef up our efforts, right? It's, it's New Year's. We're going to have our resolutions and we're going to uh, swear that we're going to read more and come to church more often and pray more and not be as mean. And, and, and we end up falling and, and we end up failing in those promises. And so it's, it's this relentless, tiring pursuit of God's approval almost. And we always fall short and it never seems enough. And so it's with that background that we can better understand our passage. So we'll go back to read it again. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you 
rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is extending an invitation. Which by the way is still open today. He invites people to come to him. He turns none away. He says, come. Now, in the passage, he does qualify what kind of people he is calling, right? He's calling those who labor and are heavy laden. Other translation says those who are weary and burdened. Um, Do you feel weary? Do you feel burdened? Do, Do you feel like a hamster running in a circle where you end up going nowhere? Then Jesus says, come. Now, why should we go to Jesus? What does he offer? He's offering rest. He's offering rest. And, and he says, come to me and I will give you rest. Now, what kind of rest is he offering? He's not talking about physical rest. He's not talking about tropical drinks by the pool. He's talking actually about the best kind of rest. The rest that we all need. The rest that we all crave. He's offering rest for our souls. He says, come to me and I will give you rest for your souls. And we may say, Jesus, that sounds wonderful. I'll take some of that. You know, what should I do? And he answers that in verse, in verse 29, right? He says, take my yoke and learn from me. And you may say, wait, I thought we were trying to get rid of the yoke, right? Like religion puts heavy loads and we're trying to get rid of that. So, so why would Jesus tell me to put on his yoke? And, and so here we need to understand that when Jesus calls us, he's not just calling us to receive something. He's calling us to be his disciples. He's calling us to be guided by him. He's calling us to be shaped by his word, to follow his teachings. The yoke of the Pharisees, the yoke of religion is heavy and it's burdensome. And, and following religious rules and regulations is heavy. And it's burdensome. But the yoke Jesus offers is easy and light. And as Jesus is making this invitation, he also reveals a little bit about his character. As he calls us to himself, he reassures us that he is gentle and lowly in heart. Your translation may have said gentle and humble. And it can be scary to agree to have somebody put a yoke on you. And that's why he reminds us he is gentle and he is humble and he is lowly in heart. And, and so I want to make a quick parenthesis here. Um, and, and this is something that we can know that's really interesting. You, all, you see the effect that the different yokes have on the character of the person. So the yoke of religion, right, and works can potentially make people harsh, and prideful. And we see that in the Pharisees and the scribes in the time of Jesus. Because they carry this heavy load of works, they're harsh and they're prideful. But the yoke Jesus makes, but the yoke of Jesus makes people gentle and humble. Right? A true disciple is growing more and more in the image of God. A true disciple is growing more and more to develop the character of Christ. And it's unfortunate that too often we see people who call themselves believers. But they don't season their speech with love and grace. They don't season their online post with love and grace. 
A simple test of true spiritual maturity is how gentle and humble you are being perceived by people around you. Now, I'm not saying you don't speak truth, but you do it gently and with a humble spirit. So back to our passage and the yoke that Jesus wants to put on us. The yoke is closely linked to learning from him. And, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, right? You're on Sunday, so of course you want to learn from Jesus. Um, but we need to learn from Jesus daily. Uh, and the main way we do this is by spending time in his word. And you heard the announcement at the beginning from Pastor Shea. We are beginning, so it's a great time for a plug. We're beginning our Bible reading plan for 2024, right? I know a lot of you completed that in 2023, so we just finished Revelation this past Friday. We're beginning tomorrow. So you have two different paths you can take. So we're providing you tools to help you, encourage you to read your Bible daily, daily, right? So one of the options is reading the New Testament. If you read one chapter a day, Monday through Friday, for all of 2024, you would have completed the New Testament. Uh, we have a second path, a little more challenging. Uh, you can read the whole Bible in one year. So we really encourage you to do that when we're done. Uh, they have a, we have a printed copy. You can download it as well in the app. Uh, so please take advantage of that. Uh, but we need from him daily. Every day has challenges. Every day has temptations. So let the, word of, let the word of God speak into your life. Let the word of God speak into your family. Come to me, he says. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And you will find rest for your souls. Now, if we're honest, right, most of us have heard this before. This is not breaking news, but it doesn't feel that way, right? Jesus, you said your yoke was easy and light, and it just, it doesn't feel that way, right? The Pharisees or religion, they make us carry heavy loads of commandments and rules. But when we look at honesty, Jesus elevated the moral law, right? And when he elevated the moral law... Can we say that he made it more demanding? Can we dare say that he made it more difficult? Like, for instance, take um, adultery and murder as an example. In the Old Testament, you had to commit adultery and you had to kill to be considered an adulteress and a murderer. But Jesus said that if you look at a woman to lust after her, if you committed adultery in your heart, and if you call your brother or your sister a fool, you're a murderer. So, I'm not that smart, right? But Jesus' standards seem a little higher than those of the law. Because he's not just concerned about my actions. He's concerned about my heart. So, so what am I missing? How can Jesus say his yoke is easy and his burden is light if his requirements seem so demanding? Now, remember, the yoke and burden we are talking about is the task of pleasing God with our actions. And if you isolate that task, that is hard and it's heavy and it's impossible for any human to perfectly fulfill. All except one. And so when Jesus tells us that his yoke is easy and that his burden is light, is because he has done all the heavy lifting for us. It can be easy and light for you because he gets up under the burden, puts it on his shoulders... Jesus, who was 100% God and 100% man, he lived the perfect life. He followed the 613 commandments perfectly. He did what you and me could not do. 
And this is the gospel, right? This is the good news. And sometimes when we think of the gospel, we say Jesus died for my sins. And, and that is good and true. Jesus died for your sins and that is essential. But there's more. But there's more to the gospel. And if we're going to understand our passage in Matthew 11 of the Lord Jesus promising an easy yoke and a light burden, we have to understand the gospel. So look how the Apostle Paul puts it in Romans 4, 22 through 25. That is why his faith, speaking of Abraham, that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. We're going to go back to verse 25, so, so look at it carefully. Paul's speaking of Abraham, right? We just finished our series in Genesis, so we're very familiar with Abraham. Paul is speaking of Abraham and how his faith was counted to him as righteousness. And, and when I say righteousness, we're simply talking about right standing with God, being in good terms with God, being declared innocent before God. Now, notice the verse was written for our sake as well. And so our faith can do the same for us that it did for Abraham. The faith is placed in the God who raised Jesus from the dead and in the work of Christ. What work is that? I remember I told you we're going to go back to verse 25. Notice he mentions two things specifically. Right? Number one, Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses. And that's what we mean when we say he died for my sins. And again, that's true. But there's a second part. It says he was raised for our justification. What does that mean? It means that Jesus' perfect righteousness, his perfect obedience is credited to you. Yet through his death and resurrection, not only does he take your sins, that that's one part. The other part is that he gives you in exchange his righteousness. I mean, this is the greatest switcheroo in history, right? He is willing to take all of your sin and in return, he credits you. He gives you his perfect righteousness. Amen? Amen? So... When we understand that through faith, you're in good standing before God, not on your merit, but on Christ. When you understand that through your faith, you have been declared righteous before the eternal God. Then we begin to understand why his yoke for us is easy and why his burden feels light. It is because the heavy part fell on him. It's easy and light to us because while Jesus was on earth, it was heavy and difficult for him. Now, picture this with me, right? Dad is bringing heavy groceries from the car into the house. And as he's doing this, he has a toddler, a son, and he wants to help. Now, the dad knows that there's no way the son can lift these bags. They're too heavy for him, but he wants to help. So what does dad do? Dad picks up two bags, right? And the little kid gets in between his legs and holds onto the bag, and they walk in the kitchen together, right? The kid's all proud. He's walking in. Mom is clapping, he gets full credit for carrying the bags. But me and you know that he really didn't do anything because the dad was holding all the weight. Now, can you imagine this kid beginning to complain of how much uh, work and how heavy it is to carry all these groceries? How insulting that will be to the father. So what Jesus is doing here, really, he's inviting us to bring in the groceries with him. 
But he is going to do all the lifting for us. All that you and me have to do is hold on to the top of the bag. And, and, and it's really sad, right? Because a lot of times, it's almost like we're holding on to the top, and we're all red and pressing really hard because we're afraid that he's going to drop him. Let me remind you, Jesus is never, never going to drop those bags. If you put your faith on him, you will never be put to shame. We get the full credit. He does all the work. And you see, there's two ways to approach God, right? By, the, by works or by faith. With the yoke of religion and self-righteousness, uh, or through the yoke of faith, which is the yoke of Jesus. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in Romans 9, 30 through 32. What shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were by the works of the law. See, the, the goal is righteousness before God, right? The pursuit of righteousness. And Paul says that Israel pursued righteousness, but did not obtain it. Why? Because they sought it by works of the law. And we just read earlier in Romans 3.20 that it is impossible to be declared righteous before God through the works of the law. Through religious acts, through good works, it is impossible to be declared righteous before God. But Paul says that Gentiles attained righteousness when they weren't even pursuing it. Why? Because of faith. Through faith, they were declared righteous. Faith in what? In Jesus, who lived the perfect life for them. In the Christ who died for their sin. Faith in the Father, their God, who raised Jesus from the dead for their justification. The Christian walk feels difficult and heavy when we forget these realities. Sometimes we begin with faith, meaning we understand that it's only through faith in Christ that we can stand before the presence of a holy God and be accepted. But somehow, we think that although faith got me here, my works need to keep me here. And as we do that, as we work and work, we get tired and it feels heavy and it feels burdensome. Friends, let me remind you, if you have Christ, if you are in Christ, you already have the love of God. If you are in Christ, you are already accepted by the Father. If you are in Christ, the favor of God is over your life in Christ Jesus. And this is all done by faith. This is not by work so that no one may boast. It is the gift of God. Now, I, I do want to clarify what I'm not saying. Right? I'm not saying that there are not good works in the Christian life. Of course there are. What I'm talking about is the heart behind those works. What I'm talking about is as you practice all these Christian disciplines, right? As we pray and as we fast and as we do our daily reading, uh, that we don't do them by putting our trust in those very works as a means to win over God, right? Rather, understanding that in Christ, God the Father is perfectly pleased already. I do all these things out of love. As I understand his love for me and I receive it and I experience it and I enjoy it, then all these things flow out of my love back for him. 
Remember, we love him because he loved us first. And that's why the Apostle John says in 1 John 5, 3 to 4, pay attention to the wording, it's really interesting. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. The first part is really interesting, right? Love to God equals obedience to his commandments. Don't kid yourself, right? Don't. Sometimes people think they, they love God, but they completely disregard and don't care about his commandments and live in a pattern of sin. If you believe that you love God and you do whatever you want, with complete disregard for the word of God and his law, then you're just kidding yourself. Love to God equals obedience. But if love is the motivation in our hearts, as we learn from Jesus, then John says that his commandments don't feel burdensome. That through this love, his yoke can be easy and his burden can be light. And this is, this is really a two-key operation, right? The two keys being faith and love. In faith, which will be our first key, we accept Jesus' invitation to come to him. We take his yoke and we begin to learn from him. And as we experience peace for our souls and peace with God, then we are so overwhelmed with his love as we understand that he took our sins, that he was crushed for our iniquities. As we understand that when the Father raised it from the dead, he gave us Jesus is perfect righteousness. Yes, we are the Gentiles that attain righteousness through faith that Paul was talking about. As we understand his love, then we love him back. And it is out of that love that we proudly, with a big smile, continue to wear his yoke daily, that we take up our cross daily. We continue in his teachings daily. We understand that his yoke is easy and his burden is light and we love him so much that following his commandments do not feel burdensome anymore. This is only possible because he did all the heavy lifting. He took on the difficult part and we love him for that and we will eternally praise him for that. So what do we do with this information? How do we take this passage on to the new year? I mean, there's different people. We're a large group, right? So I'll, I'll speak to three possible groups and how you can respond to that. Some of you understand this very well. And this is just a blessed reminder to rest in the work of Christ, to continue on with the yoke of Christ, the yoke of faith. Now, there's another group. Some of you may have understood this at one point. At one point, you understood that it's through faith that you can come before the presence of God. And so you did, but over time, somehow things have gotten just heavier and heavier, and you found yourself relying more on your works, on, on your good works, on your religious acts of obedience, to, to feel that God loves you, to feel that God accepts you. And you need to return to your first love. You need to understand that the faith that saved you is the same faith that's going to keep you in good standing before God. Do not rely on your religious work. Solely trust in Christ. And then some of us have never 
responded to the call of Jesus to come to him. Some of us don't have internal rest for our souls and we feel trouble and we feel weary and we feel burdened and we have no peace with God. And you may have felt that in the past you have tried to pursue God and it just never seemed to be enough. And if that's you, Jesus' call for you today is come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Because you made all this possible, Lord. You took on the heavy, the difficult, so that... Through our faith in Christ, we can be declared innocent before you. Thank you, Father. We believe, but help us overcome our own belief. Father, my prayer for the congregation is that as we get to the end of 2024, we could have truly experienced, Lord, how easy your yoke is and how light your burden is Not because the circumstances around us or the world are easy. But because you are faithful and you carry the load for us, Lord. Allow us to rely on you, to trust only in you. We thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. So if you are one of those that wants to respond to the call of Jesus. Jesus says, come, if you want to go to Jesus, right? Right after we close, which will be in a couple minutes, as you get out the middle doors, there's a desk called Next Steps. Um, Make sure you stop by there. There's people waiting to talk to you. Just let them know that you want to come to Jesus. You want to find rest for your souls. Don't let this opportunity pass. Find rest for your souls in 2024. And for the rest... Happy New Year. I, my prayer for you is you can rest in the complete work of Christ. And regardless of what circumstances come up in 2024, it's light and easy because God is with us in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have a good week.